Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to VMB, the voice of Manhattan business, brought to you by the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Bruce Hurwitz. You can find me on the web at either hsstaffing.com or fishhookbooks.com. I hope everyone will be able to join me this coming Wednesday at noon when my guest will be Jessica Walker, the newly appointed president of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. To learn about all future shows, please visit our website, www.thevoiceofmanhattanbusiness.com. Also, please remember to visit the events page on the Chamber's website, www.manhattancc.org, to learn about upcoming events on the Chamber's calendar. I am delighted to be joined today by a great friend of this program, Ann Kamen, from New York Grand Company. We will be discussing Get Connected, the Power of Referrals. In fact, this will be the first of a two-part series. Please remember, the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805-243-1301. And welcome back to the show. Thanks, Bruce. Let's get started. Why don't you, for those people who haven't had the privilege of hearing you in the past, Please tell us about yourself and your company. Okay, I will, and and I appreciate your having me back. I always enjoy speaking with you and your audience. Um, So I am the CEO and founder of an economic development consulting firm. It's called the New York Grant Company, and bottom line is that we help our clients get grants, tax breaks, energy discounts, low-cost loans, and other goodies primarily from the government, to help them do things like hire, invest in training, invest in new plant and equipment, and essentially grow their businesses and organizations. Clients could be for-profit or not-for-profit organizations, as well as entire communities. And we've been doing this work uh, for 15 years. Actually, May 9th, we will be turning 15. So I guess that's a teenager. There you go. Three years' time, you can vote. Amen. Now, everyone running a business should know that it costs more to acquire new customers or clients than to retain the ones they already have. That's business 101. But it's still something that needs to be spoken about. And I'm curious as to why. Why do you think so many business owners don't get it? Well, you know, I'm... I'm very familiar with sales and always involved in trying to bring in new business for our company. And I've been involved in sales and biz dev for, gosh, most of my career over the last 25 plus years. And I think we're, you know, we're always chasing the next deal. We're always chasing the next client. It's like uh, dating or something, or we're in pursuit or, or like hunting. And you want to be hunting and gathering. But truly, uh, to your point, I think is what you're trying to get at is that once you've got a customer or client uh, locked in and you've sold them something, it doesn't mean that uh, the relationship is a one-off, that there's opportunity ongoing to 
as we say, upsell that client, bring them new services, bring them new value. And uh, I think it's just often overlooked because we sort of take for granted that once the hunt is over, the, the contract is signed, the sale, the sale is done, that we move on to the next opportunity. And, and yet the opportunity may be facing you right there, right there in front of you. With Great answer. Client. Thank you. Now, explain why it is that business acquisition is so much more expensive than business retention or client retention. Well, think about how many steps are involved in, in bringing in a new client. Maybe you have a sales force that, that is going out prospecting. Maybe you've got a marketing team. I have a marketing director and a whole marketing campaign going on at any given time. That costs money. Uh, even when you're doing things online these days or electronically, it still costs money to create the ads or create the blast, um, send out the message, print out the collateral. It takes money to set up at, say, trade shows or go to events, belong in uh, chambers of commerce or other places where you can try to generate business and identify prospects for your company. And, and so all of that is part of the chase, part of the hunt, if you will, to bring in a new client, and all of those activities necessarily cost money. Once you have a client, then that stuff generally goes away. Uh, you, you've already made the sale, so you've already brought the client in. So it may be just a phone call away or an email away to uh, offer them something new, better, different, new value that leads them to sign a new contract with you and continue services or if you're selling them products to buy more things from you. You've got it, you know, a bird in the hand, as they say, is what that is. What that is. And you've already invested in that relationship, so why not use it to your advantage to uh, generate more business? If you have a loyal and faithful good client, uh, the opportunity is presented and it's zero to nominal cost. Absolutely. Now, uh, I'm making an assumption and feel free to disagree with it. But the, the my assumption is that business retention is dependent first and foremost on customer service. So if you agree, what makes for good customer service? And if you disagree, tell me why. Oh, sure. And you know, we've all had the experience of having of having bad customer service and great customer service and a lot in between. So good customer service is a way to generate and uh, instill client loyalty, customer loyalty. If somebody has a good experience, they're likely to come back. If they have one bad experience, they're gone, and, and they're going to tell their friends. I was just talking to a business colleague of mine earlier today about that very fact where, you know, you just make one bad move and, uh, you know, you're toast because not only will that person not come back to you, but they'll, they'll spread the word and uh, you're going to have to do a lot of damage control and repair to undo that, that harm. Good customer service, on the other hand, is such a relief, such a breath of fresh air when you, when you experience it. I was recently on the phone, because it's tax season, with the IRS. And, you know, I had to wait 
for an hour or so every time I was on the phone with them to try to resolve some tax issue. And I tell you what, I felt like writing an editorial because they had such good customer service. When I got on, finally got on the phone with somebody, a human being, to help answer my questions, and I had some weird, difficult questions, um, I was treated with such kindness and such thorough response that I was just, I, I felt proud to be a United States citizen in tax season, no less. Um, it was, there was just a thoroughness and a caring and a patience. Also, a listening that happened uh, from the from these IRS agents who are operating, you know, on the phones all over the country. What a terrible job that must be. Oh, my God. But their level of attention and caring was so extraordinary that, again, I just felt like writing an editorial about it and thanking uh, the United States for having these people. Maybe I just got the luck of the draw and the people I happened to talk to were exceptional, but um, I just I found great customer service and I thought that that was a good representation of, of what that looks like as opposed to, you know, getting somebody on the phone who doesn't know what you're talking about, treats you like, you know, you're just one more call and a nuisance and uh, that the, that you should be privileged of having the opportunity to speak to that person. That's an example of what not to do. Um, I want to anyway, pick up a- yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thoughts. I'm sorry. I mean, it, it goes to the heart of building a relationship of confidence, trust, and loyalty with your clients so that they come back for more and more and more. And once that relationship is grounded in a positive experience, great customer service, not just good, but great, because we compete, you know, we all compete now. And it's uh, it's a very competitive environment that we all work in, whether you're a consultant or a shop owner. Great customer service is the coin of the realm, and once you demonstrate that, you have the promise, not the guarantee, but the promise and the hope of customer loyalty for many, many years. I want to pick up on three things you said. I think the most important is listening. It infuriates me when I call a company and I'm speaking with someone and they're following a script. And Mm -hmm. no matter what I say, they're just now at step two in the script, step three in the script, and you want to scream. Yep. So uh, kudos for that. Now, you mentioned how when there's bad customer service, people tell their friends. There's something new happening on LinkedIn that people will post a photo or uh, make a comment about a company saying, you know, I had terrible customer service at XYZ. This is what they did. And people just pile on and they tell about their experiences so this stuff now gets out literally to the entire world. Yeah. And you may not know about it, so you can't respond. Yeah, it's viral. And once it's out there in the cyberspace, on the Internet, online, and all on these social websites and whatnot, it's very, very hard to undo. The third point I wanted to make was I've always found that you can get a sense of how the customer service is going to be from the way the phone is picked up, the way it's, it's mm. answered. If it's, you know, 
and I, I, this actually happened to me. Yes, you know, what, no name of the company, no good morning, good afternoon, how many I help you? Just yes, they don't give out their name. <laughs> That's already a bad sign. Yeah. So it's training. I think training is is key, which leads me to my next question, which is one accepted customer service policy is that everyone at a company, including the bosses, the owner, everybody, has to work the phones. Do you agree with that? Do you think I that to- – go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that idea. In fact, I think that it's it's really important for – Anybody at a company from the ownership, executives, supervisor, managers, on down the totem pole to be in, somehow knowledgeable and engaged at least at some point in time with every aspect of the business because that's when you get to know what it is that that business is really doing, how good or bad uh, it's operating, and all the values along the way, hopefully, that the, that the business is able to generate for its clients. So I think it's, you know, Ray Kroc taught us that as, a, as the founder of McDonald's. I, I believe, maybe it's urban legend, but I believe there's a story about how he insisted that he himself and then anybody who worked for him operate somewhere along the McDonald's line, you know, at every turn, at every facet of the business, because only when you're making those burgers do you understand what goes in them, quality control, uh, who you have to deal with to, to get the product out. And then certainly that applies to customer relations and interfacing with your clients. Only when you know what the client is asking for, who's coming to you, uh, what they need, what they want, can you have any sense of where you are in the competitive landscape and how to do uh, a, a good job. It reminds me of what I believe is the most important thing for managers and leaders to be effective and efficient, and that's the management style known as MBWA, management by walking around. Mm-hmm. They don't spend all their time at their desk. They walk around, they see what's happening, they talk to all the employees, and then they know what's going on. It's the same thing. And I'm sorry, we just lost Ann Kamen. I'm sure she will call right back. But in the meantime, just a reminder, you're listening to the Voice of Manhattan Business. My guest today is Ann Kamen from New York Grant Company. We are discussing getting connected, the power of referrals. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805-243-1301. And please remember the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. And I know you're back. Yes, yes. Did I lose connection there with you for a second? Yeah, you did. It's okay. It okay. was just um, as I was taking a break to um, remind people of uh, who you are and what we are discussing. So oh, let's cool. just move on. It's funny because uh, I, I'm not kidding you. I'm going to send you a picture because I'm standing in the basement of the Odeon restaurant in Tribeca where I've had a business meeting uh, just a minute ago with my former boss. 
and I'm I'm in the I'm in the supply closet of, with all the food <laughs> and the and the beverages. It's pretty cool. Well, you win the prize. <laughs> uh, guess who you know? Tom Glendening once had to call in. I think he was in his car with the windows up under a uh, an overpass. That was <laughs> up until now the strangest. But you you win. Now. Let's see if we can get you um, back up into fresh air fairly quickly because it's such a beautiful day outside. Yeah. What makes for bad customer service? What are the mistakes business owners make when it comes to customer service? I think to a point we touched on a, a minute ago, listening or lack thereof. I think uh, so many business meetings or sales meetings that I've been to that, that go awry have to do with the the company that's pitching itself to be you know hired for some job, not listening to the other side of the table. Talk 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 too much you know too much uh, self-aggrandizement and talking about oneself rather than asking questions from of the of the customer or the prospective client. What do they need? What do they want? What's on their mind? And then really really honing in on that, focusing in on that, and then answering their actual questions. So much I, I see things, times when people are inclined to dodge the question. No, answer the darn question and answer it concisely, clearly, and thoroughly, and do not dodge it or divert the, you know, the question. If you don't know the answer, then, you know, hey, fess up, say so. But um, I think it's about listening and being responsive truly to the client's needs that uh, first and foremost in any kind of pitch conference or pitch meeting. Other than customer service, what else is needed for customer for a uh, an effective customer retention policy or program? And talk to us about referrals from existing clients or customers. Yeah, so I think having uh, means for ongoing communication with the client is really really important, so that they know what you're up to, what's the latest thing that you've got to offer. What's the latest value to be delivered that might be of interest to them or their friends or other colleagues? So when you've got a loyal customer already and you're communicating with them and continuing to engender trust and confidence and hopefully you're servicing their business for many, many years, when you keep them informed about the latest and greatest thing that you're offering, they're going to be much more likely to a, you know, listen and read what you have to say, and B, refer you to somebody else that could use your services, especially if you ask. A lot of times it's just about asking, hey, if you like what we did for you last month, do you know of anybody who might benefit from our services? Because that would be really great. We we operate by uh, referral, by word of mouth largely, and your endorsement would go so long to you know go such a long way to helping us uh, find the next customer that we could help. So asking the question is also, I think, really important and often overlooked because it takes a certain amount of humility to do that. 
And a little and bit people of, are you know, afraid of negativity. Well, you're, you know, it's a leap of faith. You have to be willing to ask the question because the answer you might get back might be, well, well, I'm not really comfortable with that. Or, no, I don't really know anybody. Okay, fine. At least you asked. Or the question, or the answer might be, oh, yeah, I was just talking to my buddy, uh, you know, Joe down the hall. He has somebody who really could use that. Thank you for, uh, for asking. And then you're off to the races. I was actually thinking of asking people, you know, customers, how are we doing? You know, how am I doing? How can yeah. I Im- improve? And a lot of people don't do that because they don't want to hear negative criticism. Sure. Well, also, there's a whole world of of doing customer surveys and the like, and I've, I've experimented with those over the years. It's really hard to even get a loyal client or customer to answer those things. Um, it just takes time out of the day, and it seems like it's going to be a hassle, and I don't really have the time for it, blah, 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 delete, you know, on to the next thing. So I don't find those to be as effective, but I do find a call that, that, that asks the question, what do you think? Would you be willing to give us a testimonial? You know, can I quote you on our website? Or do you know anybody who could use and benefit from our services? That The human touch also is hugely important. When we talk about customer service, there's so much that's done nowadays and that's good, um, online, uh, virtually, on the web, however. But um, certainly the, the personal touch is everything. And maybe and we have a, actually a guy at the office, Jonathan, who's a fabulous uh, business developer and salesperson. When he has somebody who's been giving him referrals, positive referrals, he will, he will go out and buy a, you know, a gift basket from some fabulous place in, say, Brooklyn and personally carry it over to that source of referral as a thank you. So, first of all, it shows he cares. And when he shows up at the door with this gift basket, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's such a nice personal touch, and it works. And people really uh, love and respect that more than, say, sending some sort of impersonal uh, email or, uh, I don't know, the personal touches everything. Your point is well taken, but let's look at the opposite side. How should business owners deal with complaints? I think you got to. I think you have to take them head on. You can't be afraid to hear a complaint because that's going to make you better in the long run, right? If you're effective at listening and taking it, you know we we there. I make mistakes on a daily basis, I'm sure, or maybe on an hourly basis, I joke with my staff. But you, when somebody's got a, a legitimate complaint, you need to listen, take a deep breath, digest it, and don't just react, you know, in denial, but really take it in and see what you can do to uh, do better next time and acknowledge the mistake and let the client know that you've heard them and that you're going to make an effort to improve. If you shy away from it or deny or blame others, it just looks cheesy, and I don't think it's effective, and I don't think people buy it. The one thing that I will never forget is I was in a store, big chain, I won't say which one, and someone went over to customer service, 
and complained, and the person behind the desk argued with her, and I mm-hmm. couldn't believe it. And but I, to their credit, the manager came over, took over, and I never saw that customer service person in that store again. So maybe a coincidence, or maybe the manager did what I think everybody thinks he did. But I, I think that was the worst example of customer service that I've ever seen face to face. Yes, and you know, human, human nature. When you, when somebody rah, 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 complains at you, and maybe they're being, maybe the customer is being unreasonable. A human nature would be to sort of react in a negative way or a defensive way, and to say, "Well, I did, that doesn't really happen that way," or, or. Uh, I don't know, it was snowing that day and the trucks weren't plowing the streets so I couldn't get my supplies in, whatever excuses you want to make. But they come across just as that, as excuses. And when you react in a negative or defensive way, it sends a message to the world and to that particular customer that you're not mm, receptive to what they have to say. And that's very, it's disrespectful on, on so many levels, on just a basic human level. My thought is always, you know, you always hear the expression, the customer is always right. Well, I like to take, mm-hmm. that, one step, I like to take that one step further and say, the customer is always right, especially when they're wrong. <laughs> I like the customer may not always be right, but the customer is always the customer. Amen. It's the same thing. There it's you the go. Same thing. Now, I, I want to get you out of that basement, so I'm just going to ask you one more question. When you return, you're coming back on, as I said at the very beginning, I don't know if you heard, uh, but I told our listeners that this is the first of a two-part series. And when you return on September 14th, we're going to look at customer retention in the virtual world, meaning social media and online activities. Yes. What will we be discussing that's different from what we've discussed this afternoon? Well, I think we should get into some of the interesting tools and techniques that are out there now to help businesses, particularly small businesses, but all, all kinds of organizations uh, deal in, a, in, the, in cyberspace and the virtual world in handling customer business uh, using the tools. Uh, we have a uh, an amazing marketing director now, Jeff Smith. I'm going to give him a plug here, who comes from the world of marketing, and he has so many things in his briefcase, if you will, about how to handle virtual customer service, things like customer relations management tools, drip campaigns. You know what a drip campaign is? I just I'm just learning this myself. It's where you identify a customer, a a targeted segment of your market, and you are constantly feeding them with useful tidbits of information uh, with the notion that that will engender a sale eventually. It will keep the client informed. It will keep them, uh, you know, uh, keep you at the front of their mind so they'll come back if, if they're already a client or will come to you for the first time if they haven't signed up yet. So uh, there's all there's so many tools, and it's so much better than when you and I, Bruce, uh, grew up in in business. Uh, and and it's, it, it combines both the human touch, the personal touch, with the things that are technologically advanced but not overbearing. 
You know, I don't like to get, I'm sure you don't either, a lot of spam, junk mail, the like, you know, dear occupant, no. <laughs> you want things personalized to you that really responds to your needs. And there are now tools out there in cyberspace to help identify the correct prospects, your target market, demographics that suit your services and, and products, and, and how to reach people. Also, things like um, analytics would show, well, people in your industry are more likely to open your emails on, a, say, a Thursday. Or it looks like from the trending that, you know, Monday is not a good day to send something, but Tuesday morning, great. There's so, there's so much analytical information now out there, even available at very low cost to small businesses, that I think it behooves all of us to take a look at that and, and really take advantage of it. Um, to the maximum extent. It's refreshing, it's fun, it's interesting, and it's very different from the good old-fashioned way of uh, going door-to-door, although I'm still a big fan of big fan of that. And thank you so much. You know that after every show, I always call the guest, and you've been on now eight, nine, ten times. I'm not going to call you back and thank you over the phone because, as I said, I want to get you out of that restaurant basement. So I publicly and sincerely thank you, not just for coming on today, but for uh, you know your support of the program over the last couple years. Next week we're having our 200th episode, and you've been a big part of this uh, show. I think you've been on more than any other guest. So I okay. thank you. And before I let you go, what's the best way for people to get in touch? Well, thank you too, Bruce. It's always a joy to uh, to talk with you, and you're such a great host. So thank you for everything that you do for. Uh, not only me, but for our, our, our business community at large. And the best way to reach me is via email. I'm Ann, A-N-N, at N-Y-Grants, G-R-A-N-T-S dot com. And thank you so much for coming on this show. A special thank you, as always, to our listeners. And I know that Ann joins me in wishing everyone a safe and prosperous week. <laughs>